Welcome to Finding Certainty with your host and U.S. Army veteran, Patrick Lang. Over the next hour, you'll learn from Patrick and his expert guests how to attract more certainty into your business and your life. Now, here is your host, Patrick Lang. Welcome to Finding Certainty. If you are a a new visitor, maybe you've stumbled across our show, we welcome you. And uh, we look forward to sharing with you some insights into how to find, in fact, create more certainty in your life. Uh, If you're a recurring listener, we appreciate your patronage. We actually have been told we're one of the fastest growing shows on Voice America, and we really appreciate you. My guest today is Richard Smith. He's one of the founders of an extraordinary company that we've been highlighting over the last few weeks, a company named Transact Card. And I really appreciate you taking the time to be here, Richard. I know you're actually on the road. You're in a hotel right now. So thanks for fitting us in. You're welcome. I'm right on the beach in Ventura, California, and Ventura. And uh, look forward to do a private meeting up here and then uh, have some work done on on my mouth. So um, all those things are a positive moving forward. Well, absolutely. I think the worst places to do it in the adventure that's uh uh it's, it's nice there on the beach I, I lived in san diego for a few years and uh you know i miss the california beach i don't miss the california politics and taxes and some other things like that but i definitely miss the beach <laughs> yeah all right so i always start the show out and um kind of kick started off by sharing two main reasons why i've invited this specific guest to join me the first is, as I said, that uh, Richard is one of the two co-founders of Transact Card and our company, Certainty Management, and uh, my partnership with Frank Hellring, Certainty Global, uh, are very intrigued and very excited about what Transact Card is doing and how it's empowering consumers and helping entrepreneurs and there's so many other benefits. The second reason, though, and we're going to get into a little bit of Richard's story and some insights, additional insights into the company and the business. But second reason that I, I've been really looking forward to this interview, Richard, is you have a a, a vast career and a, a really an, a, a, an, an impressive career in e-commerce. And you have seen how that industry has evolved over the last decades, several decades. And I think I'm looking forward to getting some insights from you because Obviously, the internet is, I mean, it's changed everything we do. Blockchain is going to change it even more. Uh, How banking is evolving has changed dramatically all the way up to today where we have this FINMO banking, this financial momentum banking um, model, I guess, or movement maybe is a better word. And so blending the two between who you are and, and the role you have and where you've come from is really the uh, the impetus, if you will, why I've been looking so forward to, to having you on. And I, I've been enjoying getting to know you and building our friendship and, and so forth. But so I, I always start out the first segment of the show here. Um, I'd like to just go back in time a little bit and, you know, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, uh, maybe a little bit about your family, if you don't mind. I understand you grew up in, was it Springville, Utah, you grew up in? I did. 
Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite towns. I, I'm, I'm from Utah originally, and I, I have a family in Springville, all over Utah Valley. I used to fish in Hobble Creek Canyon all the time as a kid. And so one of my favorite wow. spots in the world. But yeah, I, well, so, yeah, tell me, tell us a little bit about spent, your upbringing. Spent a lot of time in Hobble Creek, not necessarily fishing, but Hobble Creek Golf Course. I'd uh, go down through the entire golf course and in the river and uh-huh. uh gather balls and that was a fun hobby we did and we actually sold it back to the pro shop for i don't remember i think it was a dime a ball or something it was it was quite the experience growing up there um just a rural rural hometown america um played on the football team the only time the city ever won state was my senior year um oh. we played with a notable quarterback that played in the NFL for a little while, Scott Mitchell, played for the Detroit Lions is where he really started. He got mm-hmm. drafted by the the Dolphins. But anyway, long story short, I had a wonderful experience growing up. I was the oldest of four children and uh, watched my dad be an entrepreneur and also work and an entrepreneur and work and um mostly in direct sales type companies Hmm. um not a whole bunch of them but he was really fascinated with a.o williams and art williams i used to steal the dad gummit tapes out of the mailbox and listen to him before he came home (laughs) from work as a little shaver and man i was all fired up about the power of duplication and multiplication when it comes to building teams and uh of course i got caught up in whole life was the enemy and by term and invested difference and all those crazy things that art did to right. build an entity for the individual to be able to sell insurance. And it was fascinating, but my, my background is I'm the, I'm the parent of seven sons, um, kept trying to have a daughter. And by the time we got to seven, I'm like, uh, this isn't working for us. And if we keep trying again, we'll probably end up having 14 boys. And so <laughs> of course, seven's the perfect number it's the finish or the climax of everything and it's a new beginning so basically we just just gave up on it we've got wonderful daughter-in-laws or women that surround my sons Mm -hmm. um we have three grandchildren all from one of our son actually have four grandchildren um the oldest one my oldest son married into a relationship where we we took on a daughter and she was wonderful and then some babies fantastic you know my dad and uh, i guess if i have a claim to fame i was instrumental in the creation of color change t-shirt um the ones that change color with temperature um we had a wonderful run there um learned a whole lot about business i actually did it as a project at uvu um that we were supposed to create a fictional business and I chose to create a real business. And I remember raising my hand constantly with the professor that was teaching the class and saying, the patent office doesn't do it that way anymore because I had a professor that was assisting me doing it. And he, the, the professor I was learning from was teaching things that were 10, 11 years out of date. And the patent office just didn't do it that way. That was back in the eighties. I sold it at 23 years old, um, got an offer and a check split across the desk. I took a look at it and walked away and uh, golf for about a year. 
And one of my importers, because at the time we were buying a lot of domestic T-shirts as well as imported T-shirts. Uh, of course, the domestic ones were Fruit Loom and Hanes, just like they are today. And then the imports seemed to me, and it did at the time, and it does still today, it seemed to be a better quality. They took the dye better. Um, they were a heavier garment, better cotton weave, and we were buying for half the price. And when I sold the company, the the next owners just decided to go strictly with domestics and didn't and cut the import off. And uh, one of my importers approached me and said, "Hey, Richard, I'd like to do business with you." And I'm like, "Well, I'm not in the t-shirt business anymore." Um, what do you want to do? And he said, I don't care. Let, let's go to Nordstrom's and pick out something. And I'll show you that I can get it delivered to us um, here stateside. And I like anything. And he goes, yeah, anything. So I went and got a Columbia jacket, held it up to him, said, what can you get this for? And darn it, if he didn't say I can get it landed under 25 bucks. And I'm like, there's no way. I just paid 150 bucks for this. And it was marked down because it was the end of the ski season. Oh. Well, long story short, he took the coat. I I got a sample of what we had already bought about three weeks later. And we paid $12.95 per coat, landed in L.A. That included shipping. Wow. And they weren't knockoffs and they weren't seconds. It was just an overrun. And back then, when a Nordstrom's bought something from Columbia, Columbia would put in their um, put in their order to the manufacturer, and the manufacturer would always run five to ten percent overages. And uh, if for one reason or another there was a damaged lot or something went wrong, they'd have that overage that they didn't have to worry about. If not, that's sell it into mainland China for pennies on the dollar, and we just came in and paid three and a half cents on the dollar for it, and uh, started a little business. Now the deal was, you you get the, those coats delivered. I'll figure out how to sell them. There was two rules: number one, we had to get them through customs, and number two, we couldn't go to a retail establishment and compete against. Nordstrom's. We couldn't go to Target. We couldn't go to Walmart. We had to sell them in a different way or a different manner. Patrick, it, it was a fluke accident. American Online disc fell out of my mail and I kind of snapped my fingers and said, I know what I'm going to do with these coats. I'll sell them on the World Wide Web. And that was the start of an adventure that's unbelievable to me and I can't believe I'm the one that got to go through it but I ended up taking the second company to ever retail products on the worldwide web public we beat this little company of Jeff Bezos called the bookstore we used to make fun of Amazon we beat it publicly traded by about six months um, we were the third the second one and Amazon was the third one that actually sold tangible goods in a public offering it was a pink sheet or a penny stock market thing, and we needed it for the capital. And mm -hmm. we raised, wow, back then it seemed like all the money in the world. Today it seems like nothing, but it was less than a half a million dollars we had to raise. And uh, oh. it started something special. And the stock, I don't know if your listeners know much about the stock market, and I'll give them a quick lesson, a very quick lesson. Basically, the penny stock market's the bottom of the barrel. That's where all the crazy stuff happens. It's not really looked at on Wall Street as much of anything. 
Um, it's called the Pink Sheets or the Penny Stock Market. Uh-huh. And our stock opened at a little under, right around 12 cents a share, um, which was high for initial offering. Um, and it shot up to $14.95. Well, the penny stock market's named the penny stock market because if you get full for dollars, reason. that's a, that's a, that's a unicorn. That's a home run. And to get into the teens is unheard of. And it was just because the dot com era was just starting to move. And uh, we had a, quite the run. Um, back then, there wasn't even any search optimization whatsoever. So the thoughts of a Google or Google in it didn't exist. In fact, Yahoo didn't even exist yet. There was no real search engines on the internet. So what we ended up doing is just selling self-replicated websites or doorways to individuals that uh, let them bring traffic to those websites or those self-replicated websites and let them sell those coats, which sell them to the doorways for like $30. And we, because we brought them in for, you know, the price we brought them in for uh, $12 and 95 cents. And, and, uh, it was crazy. It, it, it just exploded and the people bought the coats and they didn't have to pay for them up front. All they had to do is get traffic to come in through their dot com. Hmm. We merchant processed it. I could tell you a story about that, but I don't think I'm going to bother you today. That was the wild, wild west as well. Anyway, long story short. It really went well, and it, a bunch of people bought these doorways and started selling all the kinds of products we brought in. And it was a slug because we had to buy containers and have them delivered to either one of the coasts. And we had Italian suits, and we had perfumes. and we I mean, we had tens of thousands of products that we sold. And every time we'd bring them in, we'd sell them out because the pricing structure was so good. And uh, that's kind of how I got started. Um, let me interject. I had let me interject. a meeting. As I mentioned at the very beginning, it's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show because of this, your experience in e-commerce. And I'm glad you shared this story because you have um, you literally helped establish this industry. I mean, you were a pioneer. Talk about being going public even before Amazon did. And... I mean, I'm, I want to get into today a little bit about the lessons that you've you've learned over the last how many years? I mean, when was that that you you had that that business? What year was that? It was ninety three, ninety four, and ninety five that was That's really big years for ago, us, right? Oh yeah, thirty yeah. years in e commerce, and look at where we are today, and look at how it's evolved. And so, I think it's really important anyone who out there who's listening, especially if you're a transact card uh, member or a digital branch office owner, um, understand we have a pioneer in this industry who is heading up transact card. And if you're new to transact card, if you haven't ever heard of it and you want to know more, look at some of our other interviews. Look at our uh, you can look at our website, uh, transactcard.com or our YouTube channel. Just search up certainty management, but. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off, Richard, but this go, this time goes really fast. And my biggest question for you is, what what are the top lessons that you've learned? What if you had to pick a lesson or two 
that you have learned over the over the last 30 years that you feel like is now contributing to this explosive growth of transact card what would you what would you say those are things number one partnership that's by far the most important thing you need to be able to trust the people you partner with in fact um the the end of that lesson the story i was telling mm -hmm. i i chose poorly and uh on a couple of those and i've i've chosen poorly over and over again and it hurt me but it hurt other people and you, greed really gets in the way with people and sometimes you can kill the golden goose even if you don't try to and uh if you don't know what you don't know it's very very difficult to not kill that golden goose the second thing would be integrity stay stay with exactly precisely what you want to be about and um, work hard those three things are the most important i have a little saying that i kind of live by nothing dies a more tragic death than success left unattended and i i didn't start my career out that way i started my career out going wow this is it's easy to make money well it's it's easy to make money but if you don't surround yourself with the correct people it gets very hard to keep that money or keep that business going forward there's so many things that's chalked up against you um just the environment and how things change over and over again i think about all the businesses the buggy whips all the way to um eight track tapes to everything else that's no longer existing and then uh to see what we're doing here is is in, incredible. One hundred percent, I couldn't agree more. And I know you have that quote about the about success left unattended all over your office. I think it's in every single executive office. And I love that quote. We're actually up against our our first break here. Um, I want to talk more about partnership, and I have a personal story I'll share that uh, that I think is a good juxtaposition, a good comparison, but. We're visiting with Richard Smith, one of the founders of Transact Card, together with Peter Rancy. Um, we'll be right back. Don't go away. We won't be gone long, and we'll continue the conversation here. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero-cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888-684-3122 to learn more today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. 
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. Welcome back to Finding Certainty. We're visiting with Mr. Richard Smith. He's a a good friend of mine, one of the founders of Transact Card, and really one of the pioneers of the e-commerce industry, as as if you heard before, as we were discussing. I I find your story to be very interesting, Richard, because you, you know, I, I mean, I can't imagine how much you've seen over the last 30 years, just in the evolution of the internet and the evolution of e-commerce and I mean, seeing Jeff Bezos go from a book, uh, you know, a bookstore that everybody made fun of to one of the largest companies in, in the world now, one of the richest men in the world. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's fascinating. Um, we, we were talking about partnership before the break. And as I mentioned, I, I see a very close comparison between business and marriage or relationships. And I know how important it is to choose the right partners. We are so thrilled with your partnership with Peter Rancy. The more I've gotten to know him and we've gotten to know him and you two just really compliment each other. I mean, obviously he's amazing. And uh, anyone who hasn't gotten to know Peter, we encourage you to go back and listen to the interviews with him and, and, and really get to know who is helping head up this company together with Richard. Uh, but speaking of marriage, uh, quick, quick personal story. I, I come from a family where people have been married forever. My parents, 55 years, my grandparents, and, you know, 70 plus, and I've been married three times. And it's, it's hard for me to admit that I was married for seven years that ended unexpectedly and nine years that ended unexpectedly was devastated by both did not see it coming. And and now I'm married 11 years to the love of my life who I should have married the first time, you know, but isn't it true that we go into partnership with the best of intentions and expecting it to work? We, we you know, it, it's risky. It's, it's dangerous. They say partnership is, you know, it's the, the one ship that never sails <laughs> or rarely sails, right? It's very difficult to find the right partner. And I know you've gone through some of that. I mean, you, you've been trying to make um, or dreaming of making a card type company similar to this. You've been trying to make it work for years. I'm hearing someone talk in the background here. We uh, we getting some feedback. Um. Anyway, if you're on the if you're on the YouTube video with this, you notice that Richard was out on the balcony. Now he's in the hotel room. We were we were joking about the horrendous wallpaper on the wall <laughs> sometimes we don't get what we want right <laughs> my wife is a very eclectic woman and she loves ends on the beach and things that have been created early in this century and so um, we get what we get when i when she books so i understand so but anyway but speaking of partnership how do you i mean as you've gone through and i know you've had uh, partnerships that 
really just broke your heart, right? That in, in, despite everything you could and tried to do, they didn't go how you wanted to. Um, what's different about Peter? What's different about this partnership for everyone listening? What is it that makes it stand out in your opinion? There's a couple of things that stand out to me with Peter Ranzi. Um, number one, he's a family man and he loves um, and he has a quest. And that quest is um, very aligned with mine. Well, let's make the world a better place. So I'm the one that stuck the let's make the world a better place one swipe at a time. I'm the one that combined those two together. But um, to make a better the world a better place, the social impact enterprise is all his idea. And while we hadn't even been in talks for a week, and he said, let's structure this and, and put all the ownership into trust. And I'm like, well, that's a cool idea. And I liked it for a different reason than he liked it. He liked it because we could reinvest it back into the mission of the company and uh, really have the card members have a value proposition. Mm -hmm. Patrick, I fell in love with it because the DBOs are now not going to lose their opportunity. And I'd already been there, done that a couple of times. Right. And boy, talk, you want to talk about devastation. That first company, I, I got offered lots of zeros on a page because they offered me about a dollar 20 more than it was trading for, um, to cash out. And I didn't take the check, but then I got in bed with a bunch of mobsters. Um, I'd call them mobsters. They weren't really mobsters. They were just wall street gurus. Mm -hmm. And at the time, it was really easy to just come up with money. But at the end of the day, Peter, he has, he knows everybody can't be perfect. Nobody's perfect. There's only been a, one person that's been perfect on this earth. And he knows that. But you can create systems that can be pretty close to perfect. It takes you time to do that. And both of us have rolled up our sleeves and say, we're going to make these, these systems perfect. And in the banking world, you kind of have to make um systems perfect because people aren't going to tolerate it if if they are if their money are locked up or have troubles absolutely but i really fell in love with that mission the fact that we we put our ownership in trust for the benefit of the, the card members and we're going to create a system that's called finmo financial momentum and we're going to make that the best we possibly can to benefit the members as well those two things and his integrity in which we set things up. And I wasn't savvy about that. I thought you just got an LLC or you did a corporation and you just go. He was very methodical in the structuring of this. And he looked to me a couple of times and said, I know you're kind of thinking I'm crazy about a couple of these things. I said, no, I don't. He goes, I'm doing this as much to protect you, Richard, as I am all the rest of us. And man, that just touched me that he was going to use some of his expertise and some of the things that he saw to to not only protect myself and himself, but every DBO and more especially the card members. Right. Well, you uh, you bring the e-commerce experience and he brings the banking and the finance experience, having been in that industry for 40 plus years. And, you know, it's such a it's such a beautiful blend of of expertise and you're right. absolutely right. Peter is very unique as a, 
as a business owner and a founder, just as you are. And your heart comes through. If you spend any time with either of these gentlemen, folks, they are not just passionate about what they're doing, but they truly care about their company, about their vendors, about their uh, their uh, customers, their digital branch office owners. I mean, the list goes on. But um, you said you made a point here about how he set up this trust and he's doing these things that are really for the benefit of the members and the customers and the long-term benefit of it. It's not just about today, it's about tomorrow and actually creating a legacy, um, a legacy company, creating generational opportunity. Let's talk a little bit about the numbers because uh, that that is just one example, right? Another example is how generous you are and how much you're giving out to the members and the uh, affiliates and so forth. I mean, if you're not familiar with Transact Card, folks, it's a new banking ecosystem through which, among other things, you have a Visa debit card that literally can double your buying power. Uh, we, won't, we won't go into that in this uh, interview in detail today. There's lots of places you can go. As I say, go to go to YouTube, look up Certainty Management, go to transactcard.com. You can learn all about it. But but I do want to get into the numbers with you because you're the numbers guy uh, on the e-commerce side. People keep asking me, how can they afford to do this? How can they afford to to pay dollar for dollar value or equivalent value Z bucks? How can they afford to pay out commissions the way they are? How do these exchange fees work? You know, can, can you break that down for us? Because I know it's a common question we get. It's a, definitely a point of interest for for DBOs. Yeah, probably. Let me rephrase the question a little bit more how I get it, Patrick, if that's okay. Most people want to know, how do you do this a dollar for dollar? I might frequent fire miles in my hotel points. I got to have a quantum computer to figure it out. This dollar for dollar is too easy. How can you afford to do it? That's kind of what you're asking, isn't it? So we're a banking platform and banks make money when interchange fees happen. And what I mean by that is every time you give a card, it doesn't matter if it's a restaurant, a gas station, pay your electric bill, there's merchant fees that get paid from the merchant to the card issuer. We are the card issuer, so we capture the lion's share of those fees. That's how we're able to pay our affiliates or our digital branches. On the other side, I made fun of him at the beginning, but he's changed the wholesale distribution and um, import export forever. And that's Jeff Bezos and what he's done with Amazon. He basically became an 800 pound gorilla in the retail space. And now there's only two of them. There's Walmart and Amazon. They're the two great big behemoths in e-com or not e-com, well, both e-commerce and just retail period. And uh, basically, Amazon turned every manufacturer and every wholesale distributor into a dropshipper. And that made it, when I started doing doing my part of this and researching and seeing if things have changed or if we could even do what we were planning on doing, I went to all my wholesale distributors and a lot of my manufacturers and man, the world had changed drastically in the fact that they were now drop shipping onesies, twosies to the end consumer. I used to have to buy full containers. Right. Well, that just changed the game drastically. Oh, and yeah. so 
in retail, there's always markup. Most people just don't even think about this. The retail establishment, and I don't care if it's Foot Locker, I don't care if it's um, Target, I don't care if it's Walmart, I don't care if it's Amazon. Um, there's a wholesale price and a retail price that they sell it to you for. And uh, we just don't have to mark it up as much as Amazon does because I don't have shareholders to answer to. And so we're able to get you those savings, that dollar for dollar savings or that 50% off. And it's not always going to be 50% off. And sometimes we just miss the boat completely and go with MSRP and Amazon selling it cheaper than we are. But at the, at the end of the day, if you look at Amazon's pricing versus us after you've spent your Z-Bucks, you're going to spend, say, 40 to 60% off of what you'd pay at any retail establishment. Why? Because I don't need to have that much markup in it. But I do have some markup. So when people earn Z-Bucks and when they spend those Z-Bucks, um, Transact Card makes money. And that's the magic behind it is the fact that we have the wholesale distributors and the manufacturers actually do the drop shipping. And uh, we don't touch the product, so we don't need the markup because we are, at the end of the day, a banking platform tied to an e-commerce that give, gives that card super value to the end consumer. Well, it's really a uh, perfect storm, as we've explained it. It's the best of both worlds, right? You can yeah. benefit on both sides rather than just benefiting from one or the other. You can benefit from both. But in the process, you're not just keeping it all for yourself. I mean, I explained Jeff Bezos says, you know, there's a reason he's one of the richest men in the world because he's keeping most of that profit, right? It's either going to shareholders or going back to the company and going back to him and and uh, you know his his family and so forth. But but you and Peter are actually keeping a very small percentage for the company to keep the company viable, and then most of that profit is going out. To benefit the customers and ben or benefit the uh, the as we call them digital branch offices, your uh, which are your quote unquote franchisees. I know that you're yeah. working on making the company a franchise. The goal is this this uh, November. So um, it's very unique. I mean, it's very it's very it's kind of you, you talked about a unicorn earlier. It's a unicorn in business, in my in my opinion. I've never seen anything like it. I would agree that it's a unicorn in embryo stage. I think once we mature and become who we are, um, we've got some pretty lofty goals. And a lot of those I set out, mm -hmm. um, I guess it goes white right back to what I started with, with Art Williams rallying and the troops to sell more term than life insurance policies, than whole life policies. Um, I want to be a banking platform that rivals the biggest banks in, in the world and especially the ones here in the United States. So at the end of the day, when you really look at what we're doing, it's all about the benefit for the end customer, which we call members, uh, the Transact Card members. Um, just because, it, Patrick, it's time. It's time for the masses to be taken care of and not just a certain group at the top of the pyramid. And every organization, no matter who you are, governments, churches, there's a pyramid and the top of that organization is always the fat cats or the, the ones that are making. And Peter and I are always talking about how do we flatten this? How do we flatten this? How do we get the value proposition to the masses? And, and that's the unicorn in this is there's just two guys that said, let's, let's create something that truly is financial momentum 
for the end users. And we started with the banking platform and brought e-commerce to it. Well, that's that's probably not uh, going to be the end of it, is it? We've heard about things like um, mortgages that can be paid off at half the time and car loans and other things that can all be paid for, uh, at least in part, with Z-Bucks. And, you know, you're doing some, I mean, talking about the trust and the, and the generosity of the payouts and other things. You're even reinvesting uh, cashback bonuses from from retailers. You're going to be reinvesting those on behalf of your DBOs and your customers into real estate investment trusts and other things. Because as Peter says, there is a financial pain in America and we need to help ease it. We need to help remedy it. Uh, we're not very good at saving in America or we spend what we make. We, uh, we overspend, we go into debt. I see Transact Card as that movement that can help balance that scale. What would you say about that in the last uh, minute here before our next break? I 100% agree with you. It's it's just time. Most banking institutions um, put on a, a nice face and say, we're all about our customers, but their true customers by their lending practices are governments and Fortune 500 um, companies. We're just fodder for them. We're depositories so they can loan that back out to something that's more secure, which is Fortune 500 companies and governments. And when I say governments, I'm not just talking about like federal government. I'm talking about all governments. And uh, we're we're all about the individuals, the member that's coming in. Um, credit unions said they were going to do it. They They just copied the banks and they kind of got a little bit better spin on it and they give you a good car loan. We're, we're truly bringing financial momentum to the individual, the natural person, a living, breathing person in their household. And that's what we're sending our mission on. And it's just time. It's time. Now that we've come out of the pandemic and now that we kind of waken up to what is and what's good and what's bad in society and some of the crazy things that are happening, it's just time somebody comes and brings a banking platform to, to the world that benefits the member itself, the the card member or the account holder. The time is nigh, as they say, right? Yeah. Well, we are visiting with Richard Smith, um, e-commerce pioneer and uh, co-founder of Transact Card. We're going to take another quick break, and then we'll be back and wrap up our show. So thanks for listening, guys. America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888 684 3122 to learn more today. That's 888 684 3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. 
visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. Welcome back to Finding Certainty. Um, Hopefully you're enjoying our conversation with Richard Smith, founder and... um, Founder of Transact Card, and really, it's not a it's not hyperbole. I don't think to say that you are a pioneer in e-commerce. I mean, you literally had the second company that went public in that uh, World Wide Web. I mean, back in when it was the Wild Wild West, right, Richard? Yeah. You know, we were just, we were talking on the break about how you uh, uh, you live in Orem, Utah now. I I uh, I actually grew up in Bountiful, Utah, but I moved to Orem my senior year. And, um, which for most people would have been a big move, but I was, I actually had a great senior year. I, I loved it. And, uh, you said you played football back in Springville. I guess I, I hear these days, Orem is the football powerhouse. I mean, they're recruiting people from all over and players and they've won state uh, multiple times, I guess, or, or come close. And, um, that's, uh, and there's something to be said about recruiting, right? There's something to be said about putting together a powerhouse team. And I've got to say, as I've gotten to know Jared Moss and Dewey McKay and Delwyn and all these other team members that you have assembled, not just you and Peter, but the people you are surrounding yourselves with, I'm kind of blown away by it, to be honest, because I've been in business for 30 plus years and been in sales and sales management. I don't think I've ever met a team that I was more impressed with. Well, thank you. Um, that's our secret weapon, by the way. Um, when you start naming those names, Barbie Converse as well as our chief operations office over the parent company. And we just got a, a stable of seasoned, hardworking, honest individuals that are experts in their field. And it's just a joy to work with them. And it, it's a blessing. I, I I contribute a lot of that to the integrity of Peter and the mannerism in which we go about doing our work. Um, He's just a good picker of people. And it's been fun to watch both of us go to work and bring the best of the best in every aspect that a business needs to run. Well, I was really impressed. I I don't know if anyone else has mentioned this to you, but uh, we had a leadership summit up in Park City, Utah, back in uh, May 20th, as you know. And I was really impressed that you all introduced the concept of the um, the book. Um, what is it called? Um, Ar- the Arbinger? The Arbinger Institute. Tell me the title. It just escaped me. It's Leadership, it's and, leadership Self- and Self-Deception. Right. I want to talk a little bit about that because when we talk about finding certainty, right, creating certainty in our lives, I think the principle that is taught in that book 
that you introduced to this entire company, and I know you've incorporated it into this leadership team, is one of the secrets to finding certainty in our lives. You might just maybe tell the backstory of it a little bit, and let's comment on that if you if you don't mind. Well, Peter, in his life before he met me, has done quite well for himself, and he's been a big contributor to um, uh, Asasazi and Arbinger fits together with that, and that's where they take children and and young adults that are struggling with either drug addiction or just getting life together. And Peter has funded that in a big, big way. And I I heard Barbie and Peter talking about this Arbinger thing, and they just mentioned the book, um, Leadership and Self-Deception. And I'm dyslexic, so I didn't go buy the book. I just downloaded it on Audible and started to listen to it. Patrick, I didn't get into it two chapters. I cried a couple of times. And then by the time I got to the got to a place where it made sense and I was learning about what Hank did and I threw up. Not because well, I'll just be honest. I, I've been in the box. I I I treat people like a thing instead of people. And uh boy, it was a great learning lesson for me. And I, uh, before I reported back to Peter and told him that I would have done, I listened to it again. Same, I didn't throw up the second time, but the same emotions overtook me. And I just came back and I said, how close are you tied to these guys? And he's like, pretty darn close. I like, this is how we're going to run our company. And he just grinned from ear to ear, of course. And he said, what'd you like best about it, Richard? And I said, we have a tendency to worship money and this teaches us to worship integrity and the correct principles of treating people like people and i want to be a part of that and i want to create a company that does that and uh they do it in a very magical way it's all about business and and you feel like it's a it's a business tutorial book but there's nothing in Arbinger that can't help your marriage. It can't help your relationship with your kids. And more importantly than that, it can create a great foundation to build a company. Not only the people that are internally at HQ, but all the components of, you know, the digital branch offices and, and our vendors and even our banking platforms that we tie into. And we're going we're gonna to have that book at the forefront of everything we do. Well, I, like I said, I was, I was really excited to see that because I read that book when I was 18 years old. I was preparing to leave to Italy for two years on a service mission. I was my first year in college. My, my dad gave me that book and he said, read this book. It'll change your life. And I was just a, you know, young kid. I mean, talk about, you, you talk about having seven, seven boys. My dad has set their seven children in his family. One girl and six boys and my granddad used to always say he had one and a half dozen kids but that's another story (laughs) um but that book is about it's about it says leadership and self-deception it's about how we deceive ourselves and how we we pass the buck how we 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 avoid accountability how we how we communicate with each with each other in ways that creates division it's obstacles. There's so much depth in that book. And so 
if nothing else, that whole leadership summit was amazing. And being there, uh, we were in the basement, by the way, everybody. You said, we're not even on the ground floor yet. We're in the basement, but which I also love that. But that uh, the fact that you introduced that and that you believe in that book and, and you say you treat people like things, I think we all do at times, unintentionally perhaps, but but it happens. And if you will study that book, get your kids to read it, read it as a couple, read it as business people, it will bring more clarity into your life and certainty, in my opinion, than just about anything I've ever read. So, It sure has for me as well, Patrick. I mean, I'm not perfect at it, and I work on it on a daily basis, but that sure helped. And it's, it's just nice to see where your own flaws are because sometimes we have the blinders on and we don't we don't ever look at ourselves we never see those three fingers pointing back when we're pointing the finger to everybody else and it's it's just nice to slow down and say wow what's my what's my input in this overall situation and it's just it's the right way to do business is the right way to do life well it is and it's what's interesting is it's liberating you know, you'd think that coming clean when you've made a mistake, admitting when you're wrong, and all these things that it, this talks about would would damage your credibility, but it has just the opposite effect. You earn so much credibility. You earn so much trust when you take accountability, right? And so I know uh, the company, and we're coming up on the end of the show here, but the company is going through growing pains as it's getting set up. You've had, you've had thousands of digital branch offices as started just in the last few weeks and we're working with these small community banks and and trying to give back to communities and there's there's always growing pains that go with that and yet by taking accountability and rolling with the punches a little bit of you know water off the duck's back we have to have that mentality it's uh, it's very it's very encouraging seeing how quickly the company is getting better and how many people are rising up and saying we want to be a part of this. You know, it, we know it's not going to be perfect. We know it's going to take time. We know it's, uh, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, as I know you like to say. I do. Um, just in the last minute we have here, what's, uh, is there anything else you'd want to share with our listeners? Yeah, Transact Card is a, is a social impact enterprise in the fact that we want to assist and build individuals and we have three main customers. Um, and Patrick, this might be a surprise to you, but the digital branch offices are an extension of us, so we don't count you guys in this bucket. We service our members, so we make sure the value proposition is there for the members and doubling their dollars and then all the other corresponding bank products that we're going to bring and other products we're going to bring. We service the retail well, not the retail, but the wholesale distribution and manufacturing arm because we've got access to a new market they hadn't ever touched and we pay cash up front instead of drag them off for 90 days and have them scramble with receivables. And then last but not least, and this is very near and dear to Peter, and the, this one's the most interesting one and also the most difficult one is we're here to assist those small regional regional and local and minority banks to compete against the big boys so they don't get swallowed up by the big boys. So those are the three components or business models or um, people that we serve. And our DBOs are just the new face of banking. 
And there's a there's secret in that. And a lot of people scratch their head and say, man, you could have just done this um, like a neobank and just went to the masses and, and paid influencers. We know that if Patrick has a stable of card members and we end up giving loans to them, they're not going to default on those loans because they know Patrick. Now, you're not liable for it by no means, but we are a relationship creature. And we don't want to look bad to people we're relationship with. If you're just a number on a, on a spreadsheet or on a screen, um, we we don't resonate with that. Sometimes bigger is not better. And making you the new face of banking is a powerful, powerful thing in the banking organization. And that's why we feel like we're going to help those small banks stay in business. Well, there's definitely better faces than mine. I'm told I have a face for radio, but seriously, though. I uh, I completely resonate with what you're doing. We're very proud to be a part of it and uh, be an advocate and ambassador for uh, what Transact Card is building. I see a very bright future. And uh, thanks for being on the show today, Richard. Uh, we're uh, excited about where this is headed and what it can do for people, and not just for for the company and the, and the wholesalers and the the banks, but the consumers most of all. And yeah. And all the entrepreneurs out there who are looking for an opportunity, a true home-based opportunity that can change their stars. And uh, we believe believe this is a perfect storm that combines all of those elements into one. So thanks again for being here. Really appreciate enjoying uh, getting to know you and Peter better and better. And, you know, I got to put a shout out to Peter real quick. He texted me multiple times when I was in the hospital earlier this month with surgery. I just met the man. I didn't know him very well. We had him on our show, but then I think he was the most persistent texter saying, are you okay? Are you feeling better? I mean, that's just volumes about a, you know, the, the top executive, one of two in a company like this, just says volumes about you and him. And as I said, your hearts. So really appreciate Thank that. You. Thank you. Thanks for being here, everybody. We're out of time, but have a great weekend and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Finding Certainty. We hope you've gained some more insight into how to create more certainty in your own business or nonprofit. Join us next week for another taste of the certainty experience. Until then, we wish you greater certainty in all that you do.